It's Fearless Frustrations again. I am your new host, Danny DeBlock, taking the place of Soma Lambert. I am with Noah and Ned, and it's time for yet another episode of Fearless Frustrations. A good time. F- it was a good time for this, this break that we just had, Noah. Yeah, a lot of frustrating things going on. Um, but I'd like to go and get a couple headlines to look at for this whole entire uh, this whole entire break thing. We had Rob Gronkowski retire. It's uh it's been a heck of a career for Rob Gronkowski. Oh my goodness. He was a part of three Super Bowl championship teams and he was the go-to threat. When you look at Tom Brady and the success he's had with the Patriots, there wasn't really a clear-cut guy in all the Super Bowl winning teams that made you say, "Hey, we got to watch out for this guy in particular." But that's what Rob Gronkowski has done for this New England Patriots team and he was such an asset especially come postseason time along with Julian Edelman, and I wouldn't be surprised if if Rob Gronkowski, even though he only had a nine-year career, he's he's if he's not mentioned for a good possibility of going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Oh, for sure, he, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. He has double the touchdown catches of any of Tom Brady's targets throughout his career. Seventy-nine tar- touchdown targets. And for and for a great player in in Rob Gronkowski to to lead in in as a tight end, keep that in mind. And, and for him to do that among all the receivers that Brady has had, and, and, be, and let's be clear, Brady's distribu- uh, distribution of, of all his, his receiving assets have been, have been spread out, but Gronkowski seems to be one of those threats that always seems to show up for this Patriots team, especially in the latter stages of his, of his career, and it's been impressive to see what he's done. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good uh, end to that, Danny. Um, let's uh, move on to another headline that I just think is another mention that we just have to talk about. The notorious one, Conor McGregor <laughs> has retired from MMA to boxing. This guy is an animal, and he'll let you know. And he's he's a beast. He's a beast. But let's be honest, it wasn't his what he was doing in the ring that really got him into trouble. Sure, he's lost a little bit as of late, but let's be honest, it's what he's been doing outside of the ring that's really been causing problems, and that might have been the reason why he decided to retire. Yeah, the octagon, uh, he just didn't have the the focus that he had at the early stages of his career. He for sure is uh, just an animal of an athlete, once again, just... I mean, he could he could take down anyone in his weight class during his peak, and so he's just another great mention. But you know, Danny, I think we should uh, we should get into some of the frustrations here. Okay, We've okay. About some headline news. It's time to rant. It's time to rant. Let's get right to it. First, Noah, what is one component of the sports world that you just cannot stand that leaves you frustrated? All right, one that has just been going at me uh, happened probably the beginning of break. Uh, right at the beginning of break, it was, I saw three defensive stars go to the Green Bay Packers. And people are counting them out because of the Chicago Bears' recent success. And I I just can't understand that. I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers and a very high-powered offense. Even last year, their offense was high-powered, even though they were in the bottom half of the league. With these key defensive additions... They will be able to make you know a significant you know run to the playoffs, if not win a couple games in the playoffs. 
and I, I agree with you 100%. And, and in my early season NFL predictions in the Bach and Straw show, I picked the Green Bay Packers to go very deep in the postseason, having them losing in the NFC Championship game to the San Francisco 49ers, who I think are going to show up. But that's another topic for another day. Here's the, here's the important aspect about the Green Bay Packers. They not only will have a stronger defense, but also Aaron Rodgers is still in his prime. Even though people are saying he had a rough year last year, he only threw, what, four interceptions? That's not even bad. Yeah, well, to, to be fair with Aaron Rodgers, his, uh, he will have less interceptions due to he throws away the most balls in the NFL. I'm not saying he's bad in any way. He's a fantastic player. But another thing that you need to realize is Aaron Rodgers had a hurt leg the whole entire year. Yeah, and, and him playing at half strength, once he's in full great condition, who knows how high the ceiling will be for this for this Green Bay Packers team. Now let's stay within the topic of the NFL and another one of your frustrations, Noah. Okay. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs haven't made any uh, key additions on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, they had uh, close to dead last in uh, every defensive category for their uh, – for their team last year, and they would have made pro- they probably could have uh, beat the New England Patriots with a significant defensive presence. Oh, 100%. And not to mention, they also lost D. Ford, and that's also a huge loss for this Kansas City Chiefs team. Keep yeah, one that- of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Oh, 100%. And with the Chiefs, they- let's be honest, their offense is already settled. They- they- they're-, they're one of the best in the league, if not the best already. And with that in mind, you also have to put in perspective, Patrick Mahomes cannot carry this Chiefs team to a Super Bowl as he, he almost did. But keep this in mind, with no defense, it's hard. It's very difficult to make a deep run in the postseason when you have a paper-thin defense. Yeah, you can win most of your regular season games with a high-powered offense, and their offense is, you know, clearly one of the best in the league, if not the best. And uh, they just need that defense to carry them on. But uh, let's let's uh, let's take a little turn here. I, I I'm going to stay in the topic of the NFL, and here's one of my frustrations, and it's NFL free agency. It is overhyped, and I'm going to share you why. When you look into the past, can you name a famous free agency acquisition for a team that really turned around the franchise? There aren't that many. And if there were some that did change the franchise, they were not notable or big at the time of that acquisition. I would say, though, um, with, with that, I do agree that there hasn't been you know, typically a free agent that has um, necessarily... Uh, revolutionize the franchise but you need to get quality players who you know who can play in order to make a run and so when you look at the you know the new not formerly st louis rams now los angeles rams this last year they got dominican sue re-signed aaron donald they got nikel roby coleman who i mean he yeah questionable <laughs> play, play yep, there yep. but yeah he's been he got he away was, with he it was, he was a solid piece all season yes, you have yes, a, yes. akib talib you have marcus peters all new additions that complete and you know with wade phillips a great defensive mind oh yeah 100 yeah, you're able to make a significant push and they made it to the Super Bowl. And yes. so I'm saying it's yes, free agency can be overhyped at times, but you need to look at 
exactly what teams are doing in order to see how they are going to make a push to further themselves in the playoffs or get to the Super Bowl. With your example of the Los Angeles Rams, I will stress this, however. It wasn't really the free agent acquisitions that brought them to the Super Bowl, but it was the key cornerstone players that that they got through the draft. Jared Goff and Todd Gurley really carried the load. And sure, Andrew Whitworth from the Cincinnati Bengals was an acquisition that helped them out. But but still, when you look at the LA Rams as a whole of their offense, sure, the offensive line does deserve credit, and that's why Andrew Whitworth deserves a whole lot more credit than, than, well, Let's, let's be honest, all offensive linemen deserve more credit than, than what they get. But when you look at the L.A. Rams, the names that come to mind first are players that, that, that were built within the franchise with Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Aaron Donald. All those players grew, matured in the L.A. Rams or St. Louis Rams organization. That's yeah. why free agency is overhyped and, in all honesty, is just... Just a show because there's only a few free agent acquisitions that you could safely say this really turned around a team. One is Drew Brees, but at the time, eh, there's this quarterback that hasn't really proven himself and had an injury, and now he's going to the Saints, and we'll see if maybe he can cha- he can turn around this franchise. Well, we all know what happened. Yeah. And then I can't really pinpoint another free agent outside of Reggie White that really turned around the the franchise, and and. Well, as a for well, keep this in mind. I have a source that just uh, referred to me, Peyton Manning, ch- changing a franchise. But th- did that result in a Super Bowl championship that he it won? It eventually did. Well, not to, that he won, but yes, he was more of a liability than he was an asset. Well, he during was that Super Bowl. He was a cornerstone piece. They had a fantastic defense. Uh, we can uh, we can move on from this topic. L- and, let's uh, move on from the NFL because we've already turned around some heads at this stage. Um, let's uh, let's take a quick look into the into the NBA here. The NBA. Yeah, there is a player on a uh, on a very bad team right now. Very, very bad. bad. Called the Phoenix Suns. Is the team. who? The wait, Phoenix wait. Suns. They're they're are they a arena league team? Uh, might as well be at this point. But okay, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. They're 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 still a, they're competitive, but they're just not where they need to be at. They'll they'll be good in a couple. They years. did sweep the Bucks. Yeah. Okay, but that's that's another Besides topic for another day. But what's your frustration? I want you to voice it Devin out. Devin Booker, the shooting guard or point guard, whatever you want to play, he's yeah. a guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the Phoenix Suns, is trapped within their organization. They're, they are very much close to being a playoff team if they get you know one or two key acquisitions. Yes, yes. Very close. They if you watch if you watch their games, which you know at times they are hard to watch because yeah. they're, they're not as good as some of the other teams. And granted, having, granted, that's having true. a bad record. But you have a player like Devin Booker who's scoring over the last two games. He scored hundred nine points. It's been incredible what he's done for this Phoenix Suns team. But the problem, of course, is. Yeah, they're they're just not where they need to be at. They're, I mean, DeAndre Ayton could be good. Their form, their number one pick from last year. Um, I mean, they have a good shot of getting you know a key player and you know either Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, one of those guys, uh, Ja Morant. You know, I- any of those players would be a great addition to that team. They just don't have. They have Devin Booker who can take over a game, but they need you know another high-quality player, not necessarily a star, but a high-quality player to be able to be to compete in the West. 
it's just the West is very difficult. Oh, that that's so true. And and keep in mind, all the the top teams in in the Western Conference are all stacked up together, and you, you have to go over that hump, and that's a pretty big hill to climb. That's why this Phoenix Suns team isn't having the success. But if you can grab a few key key cornerstone players to build off of, the the sky's the limit for this Suns team, and they could be. The few the version of the Utah Jazz from a few years ago and turned some heads. Yeah, I just I just made, but the, yeah, my frustration is just that Devin Booker's trapped, and the I don't I don't see the Suns necessarily being good next year or the year after. Maybe in you know three years, maybe give them some time, give them a little time. But after that, you know, Devin Booker's three years into his career, and you know NBA players can play a while, but you know injuries can happen, which Devin Booker's had an injury history. And uh, I just think he would be better suited to play on a team that could actually do something with him at this point in time. Here's another one of my frustrations. We're going to stay in the NBA, and this could be this could be two frustrations combined to one. But come on, they're eliminated from the playoffs. They don't deserve any publicity at this stage. It's the Los Angeles Lakers. They're done. They're out of the playoffs. We can forget about them. But no, everyone wants to talk about them. And LeBron James, for crying out loud, they're out of the playoffs. They sure we are. got a postseason to, to concern ourselves over. Not LeBron James. He's not worth our time right now. Sure, we can look into him in the offseason. But right now, for crying out loud, he doesn't. he's not even going to be in the postseason. Yeah, he's not. Um, I will say, though, uh, one of the gr- the greatest players in NBA history and one of the best players in the NBA. He hasn't had the greatest season because, I mean, you had an injury. You were out for 17 games, and it took him a little while to recover. And I will say about LeBron, he's one of those players where when he puts up, you know, 25, 5, and 5, you know, 25 Which he points, does on a nightly basis. Yeah, Don't get me people wrong. People are immune to that. And if some players do that, that they get headlines for that. Oh, yeah. And so I, I think he deserves a lot of credit for just, you know, being able to, you know, still be playing. The Lakers roster has been injured all year. And when they were healthy at the beginning of the year, they could have they could have made it into the playoffs. I mean, they wouldn't have lost, you know, most of those 17 games had LeBron James been in there. Oh, yeah. I could agree with you from that standpoint. But at the same rate, can we just stop talking about the Lakers? They're done. We got the postseason, and the Western Conference has so many teams that are stacked right up on one another. Can we talk about that instead of LeBron James? He's out of the playoffs. He'll be sitting on his couch watching the entire postseason from the first round to the NBA Finals, which won't see him for the first time since 2008. It's been so long, but he's gone. We can forget about him. Yeah, he's been to the finals many a times. Um, Yeah, it is. It is definitely time to just you know talk about something else. But you know, when you have the stars, I can just see why he's still got some publicity. But and then then, some good points. And then LeBron. And when you have when you're with a team, you should stick with that team throughout the rest of your career. That's what you should do. You want to be a, a, per, a, a player faithful to your team. But player recruiting? That's what's going to happen with LeBron James and the Lakers. 
players are going to come to L.A. because they want to play with LeBron, because he's recruiting them. That should not belong in the NBA. Well. I'm sorry. Player recruiting should go because it's, it's just stupid. You want to, if you're picked by a team to go places, they are putting their trust and in, in their franchise in your hands. The least you could do is give your very best for that team throughout the rest of your contract in whatever time they have left unless they don't want you. That's why I have a problem with player recruiting and, and free agency as a whole. Yeah, player recruiting. I can understand why uh, why you'd be frustrated about that, Danny. I uh, I definitely think that now with uh, how uh, loaded the Golden State Warriors are, you have to player recruit, and I can't blame LeBron for that, and I can't blame any other team for that. You know, we're starting to get teams like the 76ers where they're building a large All Star cast. You got, you know, the Bucks with a lot of veterans and, you know, for, former All-Stars and some All-Stars that are arising, like Chris Middleton. And, I mean, yeah, some of those players you draft and you get lucky with the draft. But, you know, teams have to win now if they want to, you know, have a chance for a championship. And I, I can't blame them for, for stacking the deck sometimes. I mean, Golden State is just, is just ridiculous to me. I've talked about it many a times on this podcast. And, uh I, I can understand why other teams are starting to move on the trend. And so, yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, player recruiting is definitely a, a topic to look at. Um, there's one thing I want to talk about in baseball right now. that I Baseball? I, yeah, in the MLB. Because, you know, MLB is coming. You know, it's it starts today. It's, yep, it's yep. Uh, opening. Well, it started oh. earlier in Japan with the Mariners. And the okay, athletics. well, that doesn't count. Even though our Mariners are 2-0. Hey, 2-0. Oh. Oh. I mean, undefeated. We have the best record in the league. We sure do. If, but, uh, if we keep on our same pace, we're going to be 162-0. and oh. Uh, well, yeah. well uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, anyways, we can keep dreaming. But uh, what's really frustrated me is the Chicago White Sox gave, you know, millions of dollars to an unproven minor league player in uh, his name's Eloy. And uh, he is just he, lo- he looks pretty good. Like, I can't blame him for giving him some money. But, you know, high like, you know, f- around 50 million dollars. For a, uh, yeah, Aloy Jimenez. Yeah, you know, the, there's there's a huge difference when you translate the the below tier levels, and then you shift it to the professional level as as a whole. And there's one example that that comes into my mind personally, and that's Todd Marinovich. And who was Todd Marinovich? He was he was all that you looked for in a quarterback. He went to USC, he was a USC Trojan, and he was a number one quarterback coming out of high school. His dad trained him to be the quarterback right out of the womb. He started stretching him at right he, he stretched his hamstrings in the morning on his nice toddler who was already a few days old. He started everything. But and when the when the Los Angeles Raiders draft him, it seems perfect, a perfect storyline. A USC guy who is also going to come into the Raiders franchise, California. There's it's the perfect storyline. It's perfect. But then what happens is the professional game is completely different. That's why the White Sox might not make might not be making the best move right now, even though they're. They're stashing quite a bit of money, but is it too early? It reminds me of just, you know, typical teams that are, you know, middle of the road to not the not the best teams. 
they will pay lucrative amounts of money in order to keep players. It's like, you know, some of them are really good players. So, like, it reminds me of, you know, Le'Veon Bell going to the Jets right Yeah, now. yeah. He got paid, you know, hundred, hundreds of millions of dollars to play for the New York Jets, who, you know, they're a middle, I'd say they're a middle-of-the-road team right now with that acquisition. You know, give them a couple more offensive pieces, I'd, I'd see them, you know, possibly make a playoff push, but, uh, you know, first-round exit kind of team. And so that's that's what it reminds me to. But, you know, uh We've we've let out a lot of frustrations right now, and I I think it's time to get into the the next segment here. Hot or cold takes. Let's uh, what do we have? What do we have cooking on the skillet today, Noah? Okay, hot or cold take, Danny. The Cleveland Browns are a lock to win the AFC North with Odell Beckham Jr., Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, and Baker Mayfield. <sighs> throw David Njoku in there. Couple good defensive players. That's yeah. You you're making a strong case, and I don't think it's going to happen. But it's it's a cold take. Why? Just looking at the talent level, I would say that Cleveland is the most talented team. But it's it's not it's not that hot when you look at a talent perspective, but when it comes to putting it together, that might be a little bit of a hot take in this whole aspect that this Browns team hasn't seen the postseason since 2002. My question for you, though, I'm just, just playing, you know, devil's advocate here. Go for it. Um, Go for it. So who would be your team that wins the AFC North Ooh. if the Cleveland Browns do not? Okay, well, I want to hear your opinion first, Noah. Okay. If it's not Cleveland, who is it? Is it Pittsburgh? Well, I don't think it's Cleveland either. I think Ooh. it's a cold take. Okay, okay. To, to first lay that uh, out. Okay. I think it's Pittsburgh Steelers. They, I think, okay. they're, I think they're the team that wins. The Baltimore Ravens got significantly worse on defense. They got some good key acquisitions. Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas, and then Mark Ingram yeah, at Mark running Ingram back. At running back on offense, yes. Some good additions. Their running game was good without Mark Ingram, so he definitely could produce a boost. And uh, Earl Thomas is a great safety, but you lost Eric Weddle, who's, you know, comparable. I wouldn't, yeah, say, yeah. I wouldn't say the same skill level, but They're I'd say different, compar- different skill different sets. Different st- styles, but comparable. And uh, but they lost... Uh, most of their pass rush and their uh, linebackers. They lost both their linebackers. And so... Um, yeah, they don't have Suggs. He went to Arizona, which I find that hard to see. Oh, Terrell he, Suggs in a Arizona Cardinals uniform? Well, he went back to the team that drafted him. The, the Cardinals drafted Terrell Suggs? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I read that the other day. I was pretty shocked as well. And, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And Whoa, so, that, yeah, so, so, yeah, it was pretty pretty shocking to me. And so he wanted to just finish out his career is what it seems yeah. like with a one-year deal. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the, the Baltimore Ravens, they're, they're not it. Uh, the, we'll see what the Bengals give me. I'm still not buying them. They got a good offense. Uh, their defense was dead last last year, and uh, I, I haven't really seen them make any. They've got rid of a lot of defensive players, but I don't think that's necessarily the solution. And uh, the Cleveland Browns, they're very good. Yes, but they yes. lost Jamie Collins and uh, Jabril Peppers, Jabril Peppers too. in the safety. trade. In, in the trade yeah, for the Odell, trade. they gave up a lot of picks and that good key player, Jabril Peppers, for Odell Beckham Jr. And so they're going to have to get some more players on defense before I'm saying that they can even, you know, 
that they can make the playoffs at this point. You still have the Chargers in in the AFC. You still have the Chiefs in the AFC. Whoever wins that division is a toss-up, you know, depending on how how, uh, Kansas City does on defense in this offseason. And the Chargers are a stacked team. They're good from top to bottom. And who knows? The Raiders are invested into trying to win in the future, and... I'm not a big fan of free agency pickups to to be the cornerstone of the franchise, but maybe somehow, some way, Antonio Brown changes that notion and he can lead, help lead the Raiders to possibly a postseason berth. Who knows? Yeah, I think I think John Gruden's got some sort of plan, but but here's who I have winning the AFC North. Okay, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. The Why Cin- the Cincinnati Bengals? The Cincinnati Bengals. You've got to be kidding me. No, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to win the AFC North. How? And they are going to go to the AFC Championship No, game. they are not. Yes, they are. There is no and it way. all relies solely on the arm of the redhead Andy Dalton. You believe in Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton oh, is going to on. lead the Cincinnati Bengals to a first round bye in the playoffs. No. And it's because of the high octane offense. He has one of the best receiving cores in the league and the running game with Joe Mixon, that man can flat out run. Joe Mixon's pretty good, but uh, I mean, I still think that the Steelers have a better running back because of their offensive line in James Conner. Uh, the Bengals have a solid offensive line. I would call their receiving core, uh, I would say, above the middle of the pack. I wouldn't say top receiving core. Um, I, I just don't see the Bengals doing it. Their defense needs a lot of improvement. You know, They're also under a new head coach, so we can see how they go there. But uh, they would definitely be a sleeper pick, but I'm, I'm not buying the Bengals. Well, here's here's what I think. This, this this will be a telltale year for the Pittsburgh Steelers and who they really are going to be. Are they going to be a team that is a contender for the Super Bowl, or are they a team that are going to fold because of all of the controversy that took place last year? You had Le'Veon Bell holding out for the entire season, Antonio Brown and his, la- his late season debacle, and all all the close games that they absolutely squandered, this is a turning point for the Pittsburgh Steelers for better or for worse. Make that for certain in my eyes. I just think they got rid of a lot of noise with uh, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown causing uh, trouble in the locker room. Uh, they're both great players. but um, I think we can, can move on to one of our, our, uh, our next topics Let's here, continue. Danny. Let's continue. Let's, uh, let's stay with... Let's stay within the NFL, and here's a bold take with free agency on right upon us and in full swing. The Super Bowl 54 MVP will be a free agent acquisition. That's this is far out. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, uh, maybe. Uh, I'm gonna go with a cold take because. Uh, most likely the team that's going to the Super Bowl again will be the New England Patriots because every time you bet against them, they make it again, and uh, they'll probably win again. So uh, (laughs) I'm going with cold take. Okay, okay, now let's move on. That wasn't wasn't too long, better than than our AFC, not as bad as our AFC North discussion. Mm -hmm. Let's, uh, Let's shift topics. How about this? It's March Madness. Hot or cold take? Duke is a lock to win. The NCAA championship in Division One basketball. Cold take. Really? Not buying the Blue Devils. I saw them against 
UCF, you know, you have Taco Fall, who was a very good player in that game, should increase his draft stock a lot going oh, in the Oh, yeah, NBA. 100%. That presence is pivotal, well, especially in that game, even though UCF didn't come out on top. They were this close to pulling it out. Duke will not win because they're too young and inexperienced is, is why I think that. Um, Zion Williamson's a good player. I still, you know, he's still not who I think's the best player going into the draft. Um, I I think, you know, uh, you could get a player like Ja Morant or R.J. Barrett who could really, you really need strong guards this day in, in the NBA. I mean, Zion Williamson's a great player. I'm, I'm no doubt about that. Um, but they have to go up against... Uh, first off, Virginia Tech, who was a close game, without both of both teams, did not have their best player, you know, quote unquote best yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I still think you know R.J. Barrett's one of the best players. I think Zion's oh, one of the best yeah. players. I can't yeah. I can't say one significantly better than the other. I think they both have different play styles and play different positions. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also uh, LSU and Michigan State are waiting for them. LSU uh, has the the. The strongest big man team left in in the uh, in the NCAA tournament, and uh, Michigan State, after their slow first game, they have looked really good from every position on the floor, and the Big Ten has looked very good in this tournament so far. And if you look further down the bracket, you have Florida State. And if you start hearing that seminal chant, you better watch out. <laughs> uh, bah, bah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. <laughs> is dangerous. And you also have Gonzaga, probably the best all-around team in in the in the tournament. Who I would did say, beat Duke early on this season, they mind did. you. And uh, and Tilly is playing off the bench, which is a good role for them. And Brandon Clark looked fantastic with thirty-five points last game. Um. You also have in in the lower part of that you have uh, Michigan, very good defensive team, has struggled so far, uh, putting a lot of points up this tournament so far, uh, except for the first game against Montana. I mean, well, it's a two fifteen. Where's game, Montana? So. They're in the Big Sky Conference. So Big Sky, big. Do they? Ah, uh, we'll just they're, leave they're, it at that. Yeah, they're the Big Sky Conference. Yeah, but and and so uh, yeah, so you have yeah. You have Michigan. You also have uh, the Texas Tech team, who's also good at defense and can score quite a bit. So, I mean, out of those teams, Duke could beat a lot of them, but I just don't see their road to the final. And even if they make it to the final, what's waiting on the other side it, it, is it's dangerous. Somebody, somebody's going to be good, Yeah, obviously. Well, keep this in mind. In the NCAA tournament, only one team out of 64 emerge as the champions. So 63 teams will be left with an unfulfilled dream of a championship. And it's very likely Duke could be that one team that that doesn't make it. Sure, yeah. they seem to be the frontrunners at this stage, but still, there are 63 out of 64 teams that will not win a championship in this tournament. That's why I, I'm, I'm struggling to give the title already to Duke. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't give it to them yet. I, I think they have a chance, but I'm. I'm just saying they're not a lock. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Now let's uh let's move into, to another hot take, and it 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 was a game that took place a few 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 days ago, and it happened on Tuesday, where it was the Milwaukee Bucks that beat the Houston Rockets by the final count of one hundred and 
eight to ninety four, and it was Giannis Antetokounmpo who had a double double with nineteen points and fourteen rebounds on the Rockets' end of things. It was James Harden who also had a double double with twenty three points and ten rebounds. So is this a hot or cold take, Noah? That Giannis is now the MVP after this. So I think I will say I will say it's it people will view it as a hot take, but I will say for me personally it's a cold take because I think Giannis was already the MVP before this game. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. And see, I want to agree with you, mm-hmm. but in the NBA, you need points to win. And James Harden has been everything you, were, you would look for in a scorer. Is his, we all know how great his defense is. It's, it's Sub, terrible. Subpar at best. Yeah, yeah. So, but when it comes to the MVP award, usually it's the guy that scores the most points that ends up winning the MVP. That's why I think James Harden is still going to win the MVP as much as I want to give it to Giannis. I don't think it's going to happen. I think- if, I w- if I had my vote, then sure, I would vote for Giannis. But when it comes to what the voters look for, they look for scores. And far and away, James Harden is the leading scorer in the NBA. Yeah, he, he has put up fantastic numbers from a scoring perspective. But Giannis is probably the the best two pl- two way player in the NBA right now. Paul George was doing it for a while, but he's he's regressed and gotten injury. And Giannis, even if you look at this game, look, look at the you got the rosters here. So so uh, Giannis was playing with some of his starters, and uh, you had Miritich out, you had uh, Pau Gasol out, some some of the new additions, and uh, you also had. Um, yeah, so you had those guys out, and so they were playing a you know a little understaffed, still good players on the team, but he he's just one of those players where he's gonna change how like the he's gonna change his team around him. Oh yeah, he makes 100%. his team way better. And James Harden is very you know he's ball dominant and has to ha- has to have the ball in his hands at all the time, and so I just don't see he's just not the MVP this year. He's a he should be the scoring champion, you know, give some award for that, best scorer, best offensive player, you know, something like that, but he's not the most valuable player. Yes. Well, with Giannis, he's such a dual threat. He he's not only a great scorer, but he's also very talented defensively. So if it if it boils down to who is the best player, I'd say far and away that it should be Giannis, but when it, when it comes to scoring, nobody even comes close to to touching the echelon of James Harden. When you score on average thirty points a game, thirty. What was his streak? He had a a two month long streak of scoring at least thirty points a game. And yeah. That's unheard of. Yeah, and he's, many games with forty plus points. He has the most fifty point games this year. And it's like there was like a top 10 point scoring list I saw uh, out of all the players, the most points scored in each game. And he had seven of the 10 highest scoring performances. Very good player, best scorer, but not the best, not the most valuable player. But uh, I think we should segue on to something else. Let's uh, let's do one more. Let's 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 go to the grill for one more take. How's that sound? Sounds good here. All right. So let's so we know the Washington Nationals, they just lost 
their cornerstone player, Bryce Harper, yes. to the Philadelphia Phillies. Yes. Hot or cold take? The Nationals will finish with a better record than the Philadelphia Phillies. And keep in mind, last year, the Phillies finished two games behind the Nationals with an 80-82 record, while it was the Nationals that finished with a record of 82-80. and 80. So both these two teams are essentially even, but can Bryce Harper really swing the difference between these two teams? Or do you think it'll, that Bryce Harper will help carry this Phillies team to the promised land. This is a hot take because that, that or wait, uh, let me, let me re, re go back. Uh, no, this is, a, this is a cold take. The Nationals will not be better than the Phillies to me. The Phillies have got some of the best free agent acquisitions I have seen in this MLB postseason. You have Bryce Harper. He's a, you know, great outfielder. Oh, yeah. He gets walked all oh, the time because he's such a good hitter. Oh, yeah. Okay. JT Romilto, fantastic catcher, probably the best catcher in the MLB. Andrew McCutcheon, he's older, but he's a veteran presence in the outfield. Good player. And you're already adding that to Reese Hoskins and Adubel Herrera. They got Gene Segura, one of the best hitting shortstops in the league. Thanks, Seattle. Still can't believe they made that trade. And their pitching rotation is fantastic. Aaron Nola, Jake Arrieta. How are how are the nat who's who's who on the Nationals? I mean, they have Max Scherzer, great player. But what's going to push the Nationals to be better than a team like this? Well, then again, they don't play on paper. They play on turf. They play on turf. I think the Nationals can get it done. I don't think one player can really change that franchise that much. There is no doubt in my mind that the Philadelphia Phillies will be better than the Nationals in their division this year. Well, we'll have to wait and see. That might that might be for another topic, and this this will we'll transpire. Revi- we'll revisit we'll this. We'll revisit this next academic year. Now let's head to the final section of our show. Who blew it? All right, Danny, go with, go with your who blew it to to end this off first, and then I'll go into mine. Johnny Manziel. Everything he touches crumbles. He goes to the Cleveland Browns, and he, he, he's such a cancer for that team that they, lo- that they win one game out of two years after he left. He, he created that bad of a stench. Oh, I can't say Johnny Manziel crumbled the Browns. They were terrible before they got him. And then he goes into the Canadian Football League with the Montreal Alouettes, and what happens? They finish last place in the CFL, and they're in the cellar. And now he goes into the AAF, and then one week after he gets in, there's a report that comes out that the AAF is about to fold. Everything Johnny Manziel touches, it goes down in flames. Oh, my. Yeah, when he was on the Aleuts over in the CFL, they were not good. Uh, the AAF's had some struggles this year. Um, they they had really good ratings for the first week, but when you're putting together, a, you know, a, a potentially billions of dollars franchise like that, it, it will potentially crumble. But, you know, I think it's because there's so many coming out. There's the XFL and oh, the yeah. AAF. You know, with two, with two leagues like that, the, the, uh, the XFL looks to see like it already has more ground over 
the AAFL because that's a lot. You know, the AAFL that doesn't really roll off the tongue. The Amer- the Alliance of uh, American Football. No. You know, it's it's no, not it's not no. smooth. The the XFL that sounds pretty pretty nice, and they already have worked away so that they're going to take. Uh, practice squad players and potentially bench players from NFL teams and develop them. Well, here's here's why I think these new developmental leagues don't last, and it's because they haven't been around as long. This is why I enjoy the Canadian Football League, and it, sure, it's not NFL football, but there are some components about the game that make the game a lot spicier, and you, have, you can have receivers moving right before Moving in line of scrimmage before the snap, you can kick the ball in the end zone, and if they if the, the returning team can't return it out of the end zone, it's one point. If you miss a field goal and it goes out of the back of the end zone, you earn a one point, even if you shank the field goal. And they also have they had they came up with this new rule recently, uh, a few years ago, that you could review pass interference penalties or non calls, and that that that. It leads to a current discussion. It's well, going to shift into my next point. Here. So you have you. So you think someone else blew it if, no. as far as oh, rules th- and regulations? I think the is NFL concerned? just blew it this last week with their new rules. Really? Um, okay. I understand that there was the magnitude of the Saints Rams play. I understand that was a terrible thing. They should have gone I to the Super Bowl. I don't think that the the official or that the not the officials that the teams should be reviewing that i think what should happen with a situation like that is uh actually mike pereira has brought this up you know uh, uh analyst former yep yep very former very credible official president of officiating yeah very notable yes. man he has said that he thinks there should be an extra official and he also it's it's official because the referee is the yep, is the yep, head yep. head person. Yep. And so a the, there should be an official up in the box that just looks at oh did did you just blow this play and have them do it so that the the flow runs smoother. You don't have to take as many breaks and you don't have NFL coaches trying to exploit plays that could have been close and just get you know, extra ground off of it. There's going to, you know, a, a team like the New England Patriots who are very good at exploiting things. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you know, in a, in a fair way or a non-fair way, yes, however yes, you see it, yes. they're, they're very good at exploiting different ways of doing things. And so, um, I just see a lot of potential problems with that, with that one. And that's not the only one that I, I, I don't necessarily think that, um, there was another one that came up. It uh, was when Juju Smith-Schuster uh, blew up the uh, defensive player. I was that perfect? Vontaze perfect. Yeah, Vontaze perfect. Yeah. yeah, so making the Bengals defense worse. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, that I think there should be a different a different ruling than how they had that. They're allowing no blindside blocks. I think they should do blindside blocks with excessive com- uh, excessive force. Like if they're just destroying a guy you know if they're just blocking normal blindside block like you know a little shove or something that should be a legal move but it's not going to be anymore and so there's just those are just my my little problems with the with the rule changes so uh yeah i think this is going to be a great way to round out the show here well noah this is this has been a blast so far this is our first 
episode with us together on a show. It's it's sad that Soma Lambert can't be on it. Of course, he has other duties that he's in charge of, and and he he's he's done a great work here at Fearless Frustrations. You guys have put on a great product, and I hope to be just maybe even half the caliber that that he was able to do and lead you guys to you you know you and him know it to success oh yeah I'm, I'm glad you're on here danny i think you'll you'll do a fine job and uh just uh thank you for everyone for listening to another episode of fearless frustrations it's been a blast so once again for noah net i'm danny of saying so long on yet another episode of fearless frustrations